at all times you have your family at the back of your mind for sure your daughters or are they not no not for me i very distinctly remember the day we were taking off from india to nepal i made it a point that i'll drop my daughter to a school because i was not sure if i would get another opportunity but once you are there the team is your family you know because rather than your own safety thinking about your family you have to think about your team members family i think that's what the dna changes once you're in the army kal aap bande ke sath khana kha rahe hain wo summit push pe gaya aap yahan pe and then he is not back it scares you but then you cannot show you're scared because your team is looking up to you as a team leader if the team leader is shaken the team is gone man Welcome back to the Find Your Ultra podcast. Today's guest is retired Colonel Romil Berthwal. He's an endurance athlete who's uh, run multiple marathons. He's run the coveted Boston Marathon. He's qualified for that. And he's also run the world's highest ultra marathon, uh, the La Ultra Triple One Challenge. And he's made a course record in the non-Ladakhi category. He's also run a 24-hour stadium run in which he covered 185 kilometers. And I think he was a podium finisher in that. He's also covered uh, a half iron distance triathlon and he's been to the most dangerous place on the planet, which is Mount Everest. He runs this venture called Boots and Crampons, helping people explore their adventurous sites and reach various mountain peaks and in the process discover new potential, new strengths and new meaning. What led him to all of this? Was he always a great runner? Or was he always adventurous? What was it like to lead a team to the top of the Everest? Let's find out all of these answers in this episode. So without further ado, let's dive right in. This is retired Colonel Romil Barthwal and me in the Find Your Ultra podcast, episode 37, Indulge Away. Jain, Romil sir. Jain. And welcome to your Find Your Ultra podcast. Mein. Thank you so much. Sir, it is such a pleasure to have you here. I've been chasing you for how long now? Like, it's been months, right? Yeah. And uh, finally, I have you here. It's it's amazing. And I can't wait to dive deeper into all the things that we talked about before before we started rolling. You've been an army officer. You're now an entrepreneur. There's a, there's a journey. There's a growth curve. There's a learning curve. I want to sort of tap into all of those aspects of your life. So before going to your childhood, let's begin with something unusual. Tell me, what's the thing that's was keeping you excited? Great. First of all, thanks, Vipin, for uh, calling me here. It's really a pleasure. I've been watching your episodes and I've been really touched and really happy that you're doing something as crazy as this. I'm glad. Thank L- you. Letting people know what all things happen in this world and crazy things rather, I would say. Means a lot, sir. Thank you. Okay. So, first of all, there are a lot of things which I've been doing, but then I purely consider myself to be lucky. As my mother says, you're blessed. And I really agree to that. Generally, I would say whatever things I've done. Mm. So just that I've been lucky to get those opportunities of taking this forward. Right. So what's keeping you excited these days? What's the... See, to start with, for me, new things came the moment I left the army. I took the entrepreneurship route and that was challenging because for me, outside world was kind of cut off being in the army. You know, mm. in the army, Correct. you don't interact much. It's need to know basis yeah. due to safety reasons and security. You don't want to, you know, yeah. compromise. So startup has come as a big challenge. We've been learning a lot each and every day. Yeah. And that to an adventure startup in a place like India. And 2020, I was was the initiation. Mm. COVID happened, so another challenge. Mm. 
and then mountaineering adventures they bring new challenges each and every day and i'm thoroughly enjoying it wow so that's that's what's keeping you excited that's what you're loving yeah great i want to dive into the army side of it as well but let's go back to the beginning let's know a little bit more about you where were you born raised and what was your upbringing like and then tell me more in detail about the decision to join the army because that's not an easy one <laughs> that's interesting Especially if you're the only child of your parents yeah i'm the only son i have a younger sister oh yeah only son yeah. okay so in our case we are from uttarakhand mm-hmm. but my father shifted from the village to delhi once he was a kid so more or less delhiite as regards the background we have very humble background i mean my grandfather was a class 4 employee in the government of india my father really struggled from the school days he was working at a very early stage of his life and with school he used to manage work so as to be earning some amount and contributing to the family so that's how it all happened but then having said that my parents they never let us know that you know there was some hardships they had to go through my mm. mother has been working since the time i've been born she's been a teacher all through her life she's retired now and same my father you know he retired after that again he was working and he did very well in his life so that's why we got a great upbringing me my sister both of us born in delhi was in a very very normal school and after my 10th my parents were you know as all parents they wanted the kids to do well mm-hmm. and that's why i got admission to one of the best schools in delhi which is in lodi state called sardar patel vidyalaya and there things changed you know my exposure to the outside world was totally different because till 10th i was in a school where in ours was the senior most class once we were in third we were the senior most class then the school progressively you know built it up till 10th but after 10th i had to change and then i got into sardar patel got new exposure after that uh, once you are in a school like sardar patel you think you are you know champion you will get through engineering i applied for all the engineering colleges my parents thought you know kuch kar lega acche school mein but then didn't work out at all i couldn't get through any of the colleges somehow i applied for nda i don't know it was not a plan which i thought i'll follow from you know like childhood and all at every point you know every kid would have some time in life they, where the kid would think ha i'll join the army or something it was just that not that any dedicated effort nda i appeared cleared ssb everything happened and in one go i was inside the national defense academy in pune so that's how things things happened pure luck and you know i'm a firm believer of destiny and this was my first step towards believing that okay and and did you like when you were applying for to all these engineering colleges and you're not getting through how did you deal with that or did you not much think much of that at, at that age it's been locks but then <laughs> yeah definitely you feel bad mm. and especially once you see all our classmates getting into big colleges mm. and getting names i got an admission one of the du colleges for the timing but then soon i got through the nda and i realized feeling of anxiety of not getting through anywhere and then making it to nda mm. i grabbed the first opportunity and i'm mm. glad i did that okay so, but then once once you got through there would have been a decision point whether like would have been a discussion with the family as well because i mean for for civilians like us who not had an exposure to that life at all we've only seen movies so yeah. we we all our images are are from those bollywood movies that we've seen sure. uh, what is the life like and and did you not fear missing out on the regular life yeah that's a good one because as i was mentioning i'm the only son my mm. parents complete civil background you know no one from our family also far off was ever in the army so they were very hesitant and they always said from their side that any time you want to come back you can always come back you know okay. after 6 months of training mm-hmm. many of my family members thought ki since i have a complete civil background mm-hmm. and life in the army is completely different you know physically yeah, yeah. demanding no family history of army no one. officers huh? yeah so mm-hmm. that was a bigger challenge 
And once I went there, I thought, you know, let me push it. I didn't want to quit, you know, because obviously there were a lot of challenges physically, mentally and complete lifestyle was different. But then I took it as a challenge and I realized that, you know, this is something, uh, thing like army at a very basic stage, you are focusing on your health, even if you don't want to, you know, you have to be fit and all. So this thing happened that I thought this is one career wherein I'll be forced to stay fit, you know, and in future also it will pay off you know because health and all obviously takes priority in life mm. coming on to a different topic because once i was leaving the army in 2020 i had this option of joining a corporate or you know, doing something on my own so again this thing came mm. that once i was 18 tab to tumne socha ki yaar mere ko fitness pe dhyan dena hai once you need it more so obviously you know should do something which will make sure that you stay fit as you grow older so mm. that's why that fitness thing again was one of the decisions i thought i should take once I was joining the army. So you always sort of had a good awareness of the importance of the fitness, like keeping your body fit and and that was one of the drivers for you to... Yeah, take that you can say that, yeah. true. Okay, okay, that's great. And what was what, what were the early years in army like? Were there any moments when you really did feel like quitting and were on the verge? Oh yeah, many a times. I will not hesitate. Being a complete civilian, reaching the National Defense Academy, there were a lot of learnings, a lot of pain and... I took it as a challenge, every aspect and as a learning. So mm. I used to get punished every other day, you know, by the seniors and all. And that that is very normal. So every punishment, I took it as if, you know, it's a growth happening inside towards, you know, more towards fitness or more, more towards your perspective towards life. So mm -hmm. that kept me positive even once things were not in favor. So I'll narrate an incident wherein. So in India and all, there are common toilets, mm -hmm. open bathrooms and everything. So... Once, 3.34, I was up in the morning and I was in the bathroom and then I realized where have I landed, you know, having a cozy, comfortable life in Delhi, yeah. <laughs> reaching there. And I was crying in the morning. So, since as I was mentioning, it was common toilet, one of my seniors came up and he asked me, you know, what happened? Why is it so? And I told him, you know, for a few days, it is fine. One, one week, 10 days. But then this lifestyle is going to be there for life. You know, mm -hmm. army life is not that after some days, things are going to change. Right. And I don't think I'm up for it. And this senior of mine, he said, Romel, don't think too much. Enjoy the process. Take one step at a time, you know, and think about smaller targets in life. And I'm sure you will succeed well. And somehow I've kept thinking on those aspects, thought about completing the training first, then focusing on other aspects. And that's really helped me in life in general, thinking about small, small packets, finishing the, those jobs and then taking forward to the rest of the bigger picture in life. Breaking it down in chunks and then and focusing on one at a time. Exactly. That's great, actually. That's uh, life. Like, I think life philosophy as well. Yeah. Great. So, did you start running long distances when you were in the army itself, or that happened after 2020? Yeah. So, long distance and all was never in the army. Army usually is five kilometers five K, and all. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but you have cross country. Cross country runs are about ten to fifteen. Yeah. See, the main aim of army is not to make you a runner as such. They mm. want to play on your mindset. Endurance and all. So at the first level, we'd say endurance. The second level would be that mental strength you develop because of, you know, those challenges. Mm -hmm. Be it cross country or be it run back. So they have a thing called run back, which would typically start in the evening at 4. Mm. And next day morning about 10 or 12, it'll finish. So you'll mm. have about 12, 14 hours with complete backpack in unknown terrain. You know, new areas wherein your maps and all, you've not been there earlier with weapons. So that gives you a lot of mental strength. Mm. So though you're not running always, you're walking, checking the maps, whether you're in the right direction, uh, going to the checkpoints, getting the gaze checked, 
uh, answering all those questions which you are asked by the directing staff there and then that gives you a lot of mental strength because once you finish the whole thing mm. there is an obstacle course then there is firing and this is a very competitive event mm. and army competitive events are at different level different altogether level. you know it's not yeah. that you go to a competition you come back yeah. you put your heart and soul everything into it so yeah. it's a very competitive event so everybody gives their best so that gives you that mental strength for running you know long distance or ultras in later yeah. on in life so okay. that acts as a good base to pitch your life the way you want once you want to start something after that so that was a basis on which ultra marathons and long distance runs started happening after i left army so so you did them after you left army because i think you've done some before uh, 2020 as well yeah yeah so uh, what happened was uh, i started running before that mm-hmm. uh, but then that was all on my personal front not from the army teams mm. so like 2012 i finished my iit kharagpur mtech and i got posted to hyderabad okay. so once i reached hyderabad i found a great running group and you know how community running and all happens right, yes. right? so once i was there i met this hyderabad runners group and then i started long distance since as i mentioned the base was strong you know mm. every day morning doing 5k or 7k right. that base was there so once i built on that base and then the results were in in short time i got good results mm-hmm. and that's where boston marathon happened and long distance marathons and all happened after that so that's where these things happened and then subsequently 2018 17 i ran the boston so the army noticed that and then they gave me responsibility of training the army teams for triathlons adventure triathlons they call it those are again a different level like an r case it happened in manipur mm-hmm. not manipur it happened in arunachal mm-hmm. so there was a cross country run in the mountains then there was cycling mountain biking and after that was white water rafting so and as i was mentioning the training was again different level because mm-hmm. the competition levels are <laughs> difficult yeah so we trained very hard and we happened to be runners up in that then that since the army realized that you know we were giving good results i got selected for the everest Mm-hmm. and then while preparing for everest i got into ultra marathons like uh, la ultra or stadium runs 24 hours and all uh, wow. yeah we happened there on of course went there correct, correct no i first discovered you through wdr the yeah, steady runners group because we live in a similar sort of a locality and that's a running group that i discovered you through cuz cuz when you uh, submitted also we i remember the, the chats in the group we were all yeah, congratulating yeah. you and correct. even on social media Uh, but you're saying La Ultra happened in preparation for the Everest. Yeah, correct. Okay. So I was posted there. In fact, I still remember I finished my. Uh, I was doing the advanced course in mountaineering in the Siachen. So mm-hmm. Army has a uh, institute called Army Mountaineering Institute, okay. which is in Siachen. So you know we can't have a better place than Siachen for a mountaineering institute. Yeah. So my body was very well acclimatized. You know, mm-hmm. if you are at a higher altitude and you come and run Ultra, mm-hmm. so things become much easier. compared to people who are coming from delhi and reaching right. there yeah. and i had finished a 7000 meter climb there mm-hmm. then i went for the advanced course then i came so i happened to reach in the evening for the ultra and next morning was the run mm-hmm. so they checked the medical parameters and all and they said you know what could be wrong and mm-hmm. if you're coming from 7000 yeah. so th- that's how it happened and so you ended up creating a course record yeah so a course record as regards the non ladakhis because i was by that time the team captain for the army ultra marathon team mm-hmm. so we had a team of 10 people who participated in that navy also had their participants mm-hmm. and then in non ladakhis i was course record holder i'm still i am for the 111 and then the army team again since the army team and mostly were from ladakh scouts so first eight were from from army team out of the 10 mm-hmm. so that's how it all happened okay So I mean this point onwards uh, your adventures get more and more serious. Yeah. So before we go there let's 
come back a little and and talk about the family side of things what at what age did you get married and and tell us how many kids you have how old they are now and yeah so i got married in 2003 you know and i don't know what kind of family i have because they have been an amazing support you know my parents my wife kids they have really suffered a lot because what we see is the outside picture of mm. what i do but the kind of pain they have gone through mm. is much more you know no no mother or no wife would want their husband to do it going for everest at the age of 43 you know you know how parents are and now right. especially in a society like us yeah. we are not in us or some other country wherein it's very normal in india that doesn't happen but then they've been a great support they still are maybe they've given up on me that is one reason <laughs> but yeah i must say they've been rock solid support i have got two daughters again uh, they've been very understanding that you know early in the army because i've been out for most of the time mm-hmm. training the army teams at different levels and then preparing for everest so one year we were complete in siachen and ladakh training for everest and that's where the family suffers once they are you know back home so uh, tell me more about this moment when you decided to go for everest first of all was climbing everest always on your radar is is that something that you always wanted to do or that just came up as you were taking your one step at a time and you just reached to that moment yeah so you know in my case had i planned anything in my life i wouldn't have been as good as i am what destiny took me so everest was obviously never in my mind in my case 1990 1998 yeah 98 was my first mountaining expedition i was in the ima that time and i've been a failure all my life before that you know right in academy i passed as a third division in nda and then after that i tried my hand and running running i was horrible you know i used to be last in my squad of the national defense academy so i thought wow. let me try in mountaining 98 i went for my first expedition as the ima participant and there again it was a failure and then we lost one of our boys Uh, he was a medical assistant with us there was an avalanche at the summit camp and he died and i was scared you know a 20 year old 21 year old seeking adventure in life and losing seeing you know someone dying right in front mm. so i saw i thought you know adventure and all let's have a cool chill life rather mm. than getting into something like that so 98 to 2018 nothing happened in mountaineering mm. so i was always into running after my 2012 interaction with the hyderabad runners boston marathon happened ultras happened triathlon happened so then army realized that you know this guy is generally doing well in adventure mm-hmm. 2018 i was sitting in my office in dehradun and then i see this letter saying that you know army is looking for someone to lead the team for everest mm-hmm. and it was open letter to various establishments mm-hmm. so i thought waise bhi main ja to rani hu so let me just give my name so i just give a volunteer form mm-hmm. and then i was called for the interview during the interview my boss told me Yeah, no, Romel, you've been doing good in leading various teams wherever you've been assigned. Would you like to go for Everest? And I told him. I said, sir, nobody will say no to Everest. In army, me, who will mana karega? So I said, okay, let's see. And then I still remember, 22nd of May, 2018, and there was a big conference in Dehradun, and there it was decided that okay, uh, the boss said, okay, okay, Romel is going to lead our next year Everest expedition. I was shocked. I was super happy, of course. Still, it was a dream because I was not basic course qualified till then. Okay. So I did my basic and all. So okay. And exactly one year after that, twenty second of May two thousand nineteen, we were on top of Everest. Oof. So one complete year happened. Crazy, that crazy. Right. So, but but when these challenges come up, when these projects come up, yeah. 
what incentives do people have like what incentive did you have apart from the personal challenge do you, is there a, a, a compensation associated with these projects or does it count towards your ranks and uh, assessments no for the personal challenge that is the only thing but that that personal challenge supersedes anything else mm. in life you know we yeah. all know that so it's just that you know as of, as far as rank and all is concerned no not for the officer level mm. for people who are below the officer rank it helps them getting a promotion so they have a policy saying that if you have done a 7000 meters you will get some incentive if you done a 8000 or everest you get another incentive but then army as an officer nothing at all wow okay so it was only the personal high which you get right. that high becomes higher 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 yeah and, and people watching on tv and in cinema the movie everest it looks super scary like and and uh, recently an accident happened on annapurna yeah. you were we were communicating during that time and right. i was checking uh, with you on anurag and right and uh, what's the lady's name i'm forgetting baljit baljit yeah i was checking on on these yeah, guys yeah. with you and and because i mean i'm i'm not even in this game like this is not even my sport but i somehow feel so you people like you are the bridge for us uh, runners and endurance enthusiasts correct uh, into the world of climbing because some of you have gone that route and a lot of people once they've done a lot of ultras and stuff and they want to sort of experience something new and they Absolutely. you know get into climbing you feel affected directly if something like yeah. that has happened like like you said uh, observing like watching the death of a colleague uh, very closely very young right? right and i was discussing with keshav baji also around that time and i remember making him a phone call and saying anurag has gone missing yeah. and because just before that incident happened i had seen a few days ago i had seen anurag's uh, podcast interview yeah. and you know i was listening to his plans ambitions and what not and here he was like yeah. gone and we were like i was devastated and i was discussing this with my wife and she she's like this is just suicidal why do people do this this is just so stupid and this is self inflicted to maine kaha self inflicted hota hai but but then you also like you also realize that whatever has to happen will probably happen sitting on a sofa as well yeah. right you will uh, these guys like anurag is now thankfully back in good health he's in delhi right now for a for a small surgery again and i'm going to be hopefully having him on the podcast sometime soon right. to talk about this but but he's now recovering and in good health and he's already planning going back up on the mountains i'm so, sure you know someone who does not understand this would be like ho kya raha hai kyu kar rahe hain ye log of course so tell me a little bit about that that craziness that high what is it about climbing that has that appeal yeah true so it's as i was mentioning you know one step at a time so you take the nobody thinks of everest the first instance so they think about you know let's say running so they'll do a 5 then they'll do 10 marathon ultra so that comes as a next step automatically mm-hmm. so the way you were saying that you know ultra runners would have more probability of getting into these things because they've already experienced the high of an ultra mm-hmm. right so next step would be you know once you're done a few of them that's why we have this summit run you know that was the reason we started summit run because to bridge the gap between runners and you know adventure mm-hmm. enthusiasts yeah. so i want to know more about the idhar run and couple of other things that you do but let's let's talk about Uh, that in a separate section when we'll uh, talk about boots and crampons i want to know a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey as well sure uh, but uh, sticking to the subject of everest i mean I've, i've skipped ultra running and all of that all of that scene but we'll come back to that in a second tell me about the uh, everest when 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 you knew that you're leading the team what was the conversation like at home so i'll be very candid there was no conversation at home i didn't inform my parents i didn't inform anyone mm-hmm. i didn't have the cheek to tell them that you know i because on one side it was 
the ultimate i could do in my life i thought you know being on top of everest i was getting this opportunity and i couldn't tell my parents because i knew their reaction would be so i told them that i am since i was already training teams for the adventure events mm-hmm. i told them i've got an assignment for you know mountaineering uh, training the team for mountaineering in ladakh okay. so that's we that's why we went for ladakh but however i didn't know that my neighbor was again in the army so my mother happened to meet my neighbor who was again in the army and he asked them about you know preparation for everest mm-hmm. that's how the parents came to know and the strange part is i told my daughter elder one that you know aaron i am going for everest and she said papa aaj kisko bifu bana rahe ho because i had not told her candidly and you know there was no discussion happening mm-hmm. i was actually very scared telling them ki, because i knew you know as a typical parents nobody wants their kids to go for everest that time and they had this blockage in their mind ki you know if somebody has to go to everest they should be in their 20s or 30s why should somebody in 43 44 should go into it so i was i knew that i had to do it because after your ultras and why all is you know that? why why is that assumption are they more like you fitter in your 20s and that's why you you have a better chance of climbing and coming back is that the assumption that's what the parents would feel that you know apna hi beta kyun jayega baki aur young bande hain let them go why okay. why should you be there hmm. so That, that's what their mindset was okay. and i don't blame them because you know they of don't course. have any background at, yeah. at all on this yeah. and it was difficult for them to take it but then they realized you know and i could play around saying that you know it's a army responsibility so it's less of an adventure and more of a uh, assignment which is given to us so yeah. that's why finally it happened okay so how old are your daughters so my daughter elder one she started her first year now in the college okay the younger one she's in class 7 still how old are you I am forty-seven. Forty-seven. Yeah, it's amazing. So that's a, like in seven years, there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> oh my God! Okay. So you told your daughter, and she said, uh, so she didn't believe you. But she couldn't believe, literally... obviously, because mountaineering was, as I said, never in my mm. uh, scheme of things which were happening. Okay. I was posted in the special forces that time, okay. and I used to be out on some assignment or the other. Mm. And this happened to be, you know, I was in Ladakh, mm. and we were pre- preparing for Everest. So one complete year we dedicated for training the team for Everest. Okay. So that's what I told my boss. He told me that Romil, you will lead the Everest. I said okay, I lead, but then I don't have any experience on mountains. Mm. My only experience was ninety eight. This was two thousand eighteen. So I said twenty years I have not done anything on the mountains. I know how to plan things based on you know my experience of training the teams into adventure. But for this I'll have to get my basic course done, advanced course done. So he said you know from our side there's nothing stopping. Do whatever you want. We just want. success in this line that's mm-hmm. what you know army is all about yeah so i i was lucky i got mm-hmm. one complete year so we had one big army truck you've seen you know 3 ton 4 ton vehicles mm-hmm. three of us used to sit in front we used to have all our rations tents all our stores behind all our teams behind we used to take it anywhere in ladakh pitch it climb wherever we could find any mountains around approve the tents go to a new place so one year we did only that including about 4 to 5 months in siachen uh, training for the army it's pretty sure That's amazing. Yeah, I'm glad you went uh, well prepared because a lot of Everest tourists don't yeah, yeah. don't go there well prepared. Yeah. So take us take us to the Everest. Please tell us about the experience. Uh, uh, so you reached the base camp and to the summit. How what's the journey like? Okay. Before that, I'll share something which I find very typical with the mountaineering community. Sure. So like marathons, you know, after thirty-two kilometer, nobody enjoys. You know, it's more of a struggle. But the moment you finish it. Mm-hmm. you sign up for the next one you know that's what happens mountaineering exactly the same thing happens once you're climbing you're cursing yourself kahan phas gaye kahan mar gaye so i remember my first climb was to kangri and i badly underestimated it i thought i've been in the army for 25 years special forces ka team hai 
ये तो ऐसी हो जाएगा अल्ट्रा मैराथन हमने किया है भाई द मोमेंट आई वॉज क्लाइमिंग आई वॉज सेंग आर वोट एवर डन वोट एवर साइंड अप फॉर आई एम नॉट अप फॉर इट सो आई वॉज ऑलवेज कर्सिंग माई सेल्फ एवरी स्टेप द मोमेंट आई रीच द टॉप ऑफ स्टोक दैट वॉज माई फर्स्ट समिट एज अ टीम लीडर सो द मोमेंट आई रीच द समिट वॉट हैपन वॉज मैंने कहा फोटो अच्छा आएगा इंस्टाग्राम में टोपी ओपी उतारा फोटो वोटो लिया एंड विद इन मिनट्स इट हिट मी ऑल्टीट्यूड एंड आई कुड सी दैट यू नो आई वॉज गेटिंग डिजी सो माई टीम मेट टाइड मी अप बांधा बांधा बिकॉज ऑल ऑफ दम वर सुपर डुपर यू नो फिट आई वॉज द वीकेस्ट लिंक इन द टीम जस्ट दैट सो दे गॉट मी डाउन चाय वाय पिलाए वंस आई हैड मोर फ्रूट्स आई वॉज बैक इन सेंसेस दिस थिंग हैपन इन माई फर्स्ट क्लाइम सेकेंड क्लाइम वॉज सेवन थाउजेंड मीटर अगेन वाइल क्लाइंबिंग अप आई सेट यूर इन द प्रीवियस क्लाइम आई डिसाइडेड आई एल क्विट बट देन यहाँ फिर आई आई मीन दैट यू नो कुत्ते की पूछ वाला फील था वो फर्स्ट गए वापस सो सेम थिंग हैपन सेवन थाउजेंड मीटर आई एम क्लाइंबिंग 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 एवरी टाइम आई वॉज कर्सिंग एंड देन एट द समट एवरीथिंग चेंज एंड देन आई केम फॉर द नेक्स्ट क्लाइम स्टो कांगड़ी वर्स लाइक सो कांगड़ी इज अ सीरियस क्लाइम पीपल अंडर एस्टिमेटेड बिग टाइम सो यू जस्ट ओपन माई आईज टू बिलीव के जाके कर देंगे इट्स अग चैलेंज Hmm. Sir, I know opener, right? So it's it's a good eye opener for you early on in the game. You know, training for Everest because true. Uh, for now, from now you know you can't take altitude lightly. Yeah. No matter how much. And now is. I can relate to it. You know, because now we have a commercial team which is there hmm. joining us. They would say, "Romil sir, चलते हैं ना आजी." And hmm. I tell them, you know, hold your horses. Hmm. Time will come. You will get your due. And th- now I can relate because I have gone through that situation. Hmm. So Stoke is a serious climb, six one five three meters, hmm. and for that matter you know any 4000 meter climb is also challenging mountains nothing is easy right and so stoke ke baad 7000 happened then uh, we were well prepared you know mm-hmm. army team special forces one year completely dedicated but the moment i reached namche namche mein you see namche is a village in nepal once you start the trek the moment you see everest no you are wow kya socha tha yaar ye chadne hai kaise koi chadega you know in spite of all that training mm. and i couldn't believe ki we'll climb it hmm. but then that same thing you know one step don't focus on keep the bigger picture in mind but then take small small steps believe in the process hmm. and once i was climbing everest maine kaha ab to ho gaya iske baad to kabhi pahad ko dekhna bhi nahi hai and then boots and grapples happened so destiny <laughs> that way you can never pahad se predict nahi sakte aap yeah yeah ha so everest was challenging yes like any other mountain mm-hmm. how big was the team that you were leading that's again interesting one because we started 110 people and there was a selection we cut short teams at every you know every time we reduced the number of people finally we 20 of us went there out of which 14 climbed six were for the base camp stuff okay but 14 who wanted to do the everest did it all of them yeah yeah 14 100% summit all of them went in fact there were 17 people who died in that season on everest and there were a lot of amputations in a lot of foreign armies they had also come and that's where you know the nepal government wrote to the prime minister the prime minister called us we had a meeting he congratulated lot of discussions and, you know obviously the proud moment that all 100% and more important than that no not a single person had any injuries or scratches by once they came back mm-hmm. so that was a proud feeling i would say yeah uh, but, but can you describe to us a little bit about the hostility of the terrain there and some of the most challenging parts and can you talk us through a little bit about the and where it's most challenging and were they during the summit were there any during the climb were there any parts where some of the people found it very challenging and wanted to quit and stuff like that is it no no as i was mentioning i was the weakest link in the team so my team was superhuman people mm-hmm. so they were better than sherpas in a few instances 
and so the whatever problem was there was with me because i was the one who was struggling pulling them back and so as as regards the team is concerned i couldn't have asked for anything better mm-hmm. and army teams that way you know are very very well prepared so that was not a challenge only thing was my challenge was because i was less fit than them so and the ch- terrain challenges obviously so there is a place called khumbu ice fall mm-hmm. so khumbu is a huge area wherein pillars of ice are there very uneven places crevasses and the challenge is you cannot rest once you are crossing khumbu because any pillar of ice can fall any time and every year you know a lot of people and they die there because of some ice fall falling or some people not being fit and not making it up some crevasse incident or something so in the whole world it's one of the dangerous places to be in and that's why you don't want to cross there and take rest in between so the moment you start your climb you just finish it that is one area and then there's a thing called death zone you know which is after 8000 meters it starts and they say if you're not doing anything if you're just sitting like this your body is eating itself so you are just moving towards death if you're not doing any action if you're not working hard enough your heart is not pumping mm. so that's a challenge and so i'll tell you this instance we were on that de- uh, death zone mm. and i was leading the team the team was coming behind me there was this guy sitting there and i knew that you know in death zone you're not supposed to sit you've got to keep moving because heart rate agar kam hoga to oxygen kam supply hoga your body will keep shutting down so i went up to this guy and maine usko bola maine kaha come on man let's go because i'm sure you're tired but you have to move otherwise and then somebody from a distance tells me ki sir he's been sitting there for past 3 4 days so this guy sat down never got up so once you th- so see some actually a dead yeah yeah a dead guy mm-hmm. so there everything happens on a rope so you'll have dead bodies tied to the rope only because you know apni jaan ki padi rehti hai will go and unrope someone or take the person down so dead bodies and all nobody gets them back until unless you know you are super rich it becomes expensive so you know there are about 250 or dead bodies there but jab aap first time dekhte ho then it hits you that you know it could be you and in army it could be any of your team members because army is all about ownership you know mm-hmm. my funda was clear ki if anything goes wrong with me i am responsible but then if anything goes wrong with the team i am responsible not them mm-hmm. because i am a team leader so that you don't want to carry that you carrying dead body of your teammate to their home to their parents saying that you know your son was my responsibility mm-hmm. or your daughter was my responsibility and i messed up mm-hmm. so that obviously is not acceptable at all so that burden you can't carry so those things happen and that increase the magnitude of challenge like you were saying ultra marathons anything goes wrong in ultra you can stop yeah you can ask for a rescue vehicle or anything yeah everest nobody is going to come you and rescue you have to come back on your own especially once you are in the dead zone mm. so it's everything on your own and people say it becomes too selfish there because there been instances wherein people step on you and then move forward mm. but and that's how life is everybody comes with that frame of mind who is doing something like an everest mm. like so you can't afford to be emotional there yeah you have to look after yourself first correct you know it's not practical to be emotional that the way they say on the flight you know mm-hmm. in case of an breach of you know that any leakage happens you mm-hmm. have to protect yourself first then give oxygen to others dusro ki jaise pehle khud ko jay kare similar right so these are crazy zones and then how many base camps are there four so uh, there is one base camp huh. which we oh, call sorry, the everest base yeah. camp then you have camps camp 1 2 3 and 4 yeah and uh, the interesting part with generally people not aware is that it's not just you go to the base camp you go to camp 1 2 3 4 so what you do is you acclimatize which means to adjust your body to lower oxygen levels 
Okay. So you go to the base camp. Then after a few days of recovery, you go to, let's say, half of camp one and come back so that the body understands that oxygen level is less. So it automatically makes the adjustment. Then you come down. Then you go to camp one. Then you'll come back to the base camp. Then next time you'll go to camp one, you'll go to camp two. Mm -hmm. Then again, you'll come to the base camp. Then go to camp one, two, and then you go to camp three. So you know this is the But then, because the process is that, you've got to come from camp three to camp two, to camp one, and then to the base camp. So that repetition takes a lot of time. Otherwise, in one go, you could do it in five days. But then your body will not be able to adjust to lower oxygens. What did Killian do? What the hell did he do? Like, I think he, he climbed in one go, right? Yeah, Killian, so what he, he acclimatizes first mm. and then he goes for the summit push. Like for mm. Everest also, you acclimatize till camp three and come back. Mm. And then final summit push is five days, going mm. back and coming. Right. But then it doesn't mean you start at day zero and then finish and come back in five days. So you can acclimatize and then you can come back come and back. then you can run up. Then, so acclimatization okay. is standard for him. That's how he did it. Yeah. And how many hours would you remember Killian on it? See, a lot of people have different stories behind it. Okay. So, yeah, okay. mountain stories Let, will... Yeah, let's not... But I think it's about story. 17 hours or something what they claim. I'm not too sure. That's so, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, he's also a superhuman. That, yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, so, it's sort of dis difficult to discount anything. True. But yeah, so from Camp uh, 4 to the summit, that's after you acclimatized enough. Um, yeah, so after you acclimatized enough, you start from base camp, you go to Camp 1, then you go to camp 2, spend the night camp 2. Mm. Next day you go to camp 3, spend the night at camp 3. Then you go to camp 4 in the afternoon. Night you go for the summit push. Come back from summit to camp 4, camp 3 and camp 2. Mm. And then camp, base camp. So, so coming days. back also is, is one go or do you stop at different camps? Like yeah, You'll have to stop because otherwise you've got to be a superhuman. That right. you know you okay. start from right. camp 4, go do the summit and come to the base camp. And I've heard most of the deaths happen while coming down. Is, yeah, is that true. Also true. Why is, why is that? So this is again interesting, we were at the summit, uh, we were at the base camp mm -hmm. and then we knew that there was some summit window and there were some teams going up. So there was this guy from Gurgaon, he was going uh, and we were at the base camp that time, he was going for the summit push and we came to know next day that he's no more. So how it happened was he was coming down from the Everest and as I was mentioning earlier, there are ropes tied there. So the rope is there, you're supposed to have a harness and with a carabiner, you hook onto that safety line and you come down. Mm -hmm. So you have to do it time and again. After 50 meters, you'll have an anchor. You have to unhook and then mm -hmm. hook it up again. Mm -hmm. So once you come down from Everest, you're not looking up to the summit. Summit hoja. Mm -hmm. So generally people think summit hoja, that means you're done. Mm -hmm. So this guy, after the summit, he was coming down. It's kind of, you know, you let the guard down, thinking ki the major part is over. Not realizing that that cumulative fatigue is going on and on and on. So while coming down, he thought he had anchored to the Mm. Safety line, mm. his harness as well as the safety anchor. Right. And you're supposed to ensure it as a drill. But then since you do it so repeatedly, mm. you tend to get relaxed. So he thought he had anchored it and it didn't actually anchor. And then he slipped and there was nothing to hold him back. So he was kind of gone. And we were at the base camp that time with the complete team. So Yeah, I was just going to ask so many Because you mentioned 17 people died in the same season. Yeah. And, and, and as you were climbing up, you were hearing these different news. Yeah. What does that make you feel like? Uh, did at any point, uh, of course, there would be no doubts because you're all army folks and, and you're steadfast in your belief and ability to do it. Right. But you Yeah, obviously, you know, you'll... Because... Because you, you at all times, you have your family at the back of your mind for sure, your daughters. Or are they not? 
No, not for me. Wow. Uh, I I thought that you know. So I mean I can go on and on because these stories They're, are no, lots so, of them. No, uh, so let's hear them. That this is what I'm here so for. So since you picked this up, I very distinctly remember the day we were taking off from India to Nepal. I I made it a point that I'll drop my daughter to a school because I was not sure if I would get another opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I distinctly remember I clicked pictures sometimes on the Google photos mm-hmm. it comes as a throwback. Wow. So yeah, those things are there and uh, so once we went there it was obviously challenging for everyone, you know, for the kids as well. So I remember that incident once you mentioned about thinking about family, but once you are there, mm-hmm. you know, the team is your family. you know because rather than your own safety thinking about your family you have to think about your team members family i think that's what the yeah, dna dna changes once you're in the army that you know you worry about your team their families and more than about you so it comes a challenge because you kal aap bande ke sath khana kha rahe hain wo summit push pe gaya aap yahan pe and then he is not back so that happens it it scares you but then you cannot show you're scared because your team is looking up to you as a team leader if the team leader is shaken the team is gone man that's that's how it happens so you have to be bold whatever you know the tough talking you have to do you go back to the tent and then do your introspection talk but then the moment you order the tent you are a different person amazing what what's this so mindset up. like it's crazy so i'm assuming this is the battlefield mindset is it similar to i mean you've been in war situations battle situations yeah so uh, you touched the point so mm-hmm. 1998 december i got my commission in the army mm-hmm. so i was posted in jammu kashmir with the infantry unit and nashera nashera mm-hmm. so we were just on the border mm-hmm. right so we could if we are speaking like this we could you know draw attention of fire from the enemy because it was that loud wow. you know to the enemy and then uh, i was in the market nashera market and then we were seeing the tele- television saying that you know kargil war had started officially because the air attacks and all had happened so we were on the border that time once these things happened and that was me i was still in a safer area i had lot of coastmates who were at kargil and bang opposite to the enemy and that's where we lost lot of coastmates so yesterday we completed 25 years of a service silver jubilee uh, we had and then we were remembering of all those coastmates who trained with us for four years you know somebody your roommate somebody your squadron mate somebody trained at some someone your classmate so like vijay thapar and a lot of people we get to know about in the first six months of their army life we lost them very very close friends you know brothers more because as i was mentioning you know mm-hmm. more of a family that there comes your family because you're spending so much time with them correct right. so that war situation taught us a lot of things about you know life in general that uh, and that's where you believe, start believing more towards spiritualism destiny and all rather than thinking about that if you do this then this might happen yeah. a lot of things have happened already we're going a little bit here yeah. all over the place but 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 i'm actually liking this please tell me do you remember the first time you got this sort of a shock like was it was it during that attack or when you maybe lost somebody like first time you lost somebody a colleague or somebody and what does what did that make you feel Yeah so I was posted in a place called uh, Manjeet Manjeet is a forward post in Nashera very close to the enemy so generally you keep officers at those areas which are you know more vulnerable to on attack and such certain things so there was no communication there was no mobile phones or anything so somehow I came to know that during the war one of my classmates and a dear friend Sumit uh, he died before that we kept on hearing you know somebody dying somebody dying you know happens in the army once you're there 
but then somebody so close classmate and you've had some very close bonds with him and that then it struck me that you know it could be any of your teammates or you at any point of time and that's where my parents again you know i am still okay because i am in the front and mm. my parents not able to talk to me and all the media everywhere kargil war and all those things happened so it was a difficult time for them but then prepared them well for you know what life is all about in the army and that's why in adventure and all i think that carried forward so yeah um, uh, let's just uh, go back to the everest for a bit uh, yeah. because we didn't complete that story so when you when you were let's say uh, on one of these camps camp 3 camp 4 camp 2 uh, and you're hearing stories of these people passing and you still have to do the summit right and and you said like you you can't show weakness to the team yeah. how how does because uh, you're a human right and and we're all humans like at some level we're all similar each one of us right yeah. uh, how does one develop that sort of a mindset of being tough in 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 situations where you're feeling not so tough yeah that's an interesting one for me i think it was easy because the army training helped you mm. you know and the kind of experience beat you know kargil war or the adventure sports i was part of mm. that gave me that you know preparation for the bigger challenges like everest and all so mm. that way i've been lucky that uh, kargil war happened then nda training of course you know one mm. of the difficult times in life and the training in the indian military academy then you know seeing a dead person during an adventure in way back once i was 2021 mm. so all these things uh, make up your personality to handle situations which would make life challenging otherwise so for me i would say i was blessed and lucky to have gone through that training and that's how it all happened that we could push in spite of such challenges happening in life so yeah and 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 when the last push came for the summit um uh, what what was that like what was the feeling going to the summit and on top of the world see vipin i can go on for days or months <laughs> speaking about it so i'm uh, so fascinated i'm pretty sure the audience will love it too okay sure so every summit that was the year wherein you know uh, there is this photograph by nirmal purja wherein a long queue is there people waiting in the queue for reaching the summit because yeah. there were so many people and the summit window was less so what journey happens most of the summits happens in may and may end journey mm. so if you are lucky you'll get two to three windows windows means number of days right so sometimes it can be five days so if there are five days the number of people gets distributed in those five days okay if there is only one or two days then the congestion will be more because there is only one route so right. ours was a typical case wherein the number of days for the summit was less of good weather you know on bad weather nobody can summit mm. whoever you are if the weather is bad mountain gods won't allow anyone to climb up mm. and nobody takes that chances not for smaller mountains leave alone for everest mm. so once you have a shorter window we realize ki there will be lot of people who will be climbing so let's start a bit early mm. so generally everest push would start about 9 or 10 in the evening so we decided we'll start at 7 the moment we came out of the tent at 7 we realized we are not the only smart ones you know people people are there they started moving at 5 o'clock in the evening once that happened we were shocked humne kaha aise to kaise hoga because you know you have to ration your oxygen it's not that you can go on for infinite number of uh, hours or something so all the camps have spare oxygen available no so what happens Uh, depending on the level of preparation you start using oxygen as late as possible okay the problem is if you start using at camp 1 you cannot remove in camp 2 mm. because your body is not adjusted to lower oxygen right. so ek bar laga diya to laga di hi diya then mm. you cannot remove mm. 
so we delayed it as much as possible and by camp 4 we started using it uh, so once we were moving up we realized you know there was a long queue of people already there and there's only one rope and if we follow the rope one behind the other then you know we are using oxygen and we are not moving mm. so that means you'll rationing will be go, going haywire so what we thought let's do something we unhooked from the rope and because of our, so much of experience, you know, obviously this is not recommended for people mm. who are not that experienced. But then with the confidence army gave us, we unhooked from the rope and started overtaking everyone. And that's how by the time we reached the summit, we were the first few ones to reach there. So I still remember the moment I was climbing, first few hours of climb, I would say, my head was, you know, throbbing. I could see it you know because that altitude body is not used to so head was in deep pain the oxygen was obviously less because you want to don't want to keep it at the higher flow rate because oxygen is limited so oxygen was less uh, i had not had a good sleep nobody gets a good sleep by the time you reach the summit loss of appetite weakness heavy load on the backpack so any any reason which you want to look for coming down you have all the reasons to turn back where there is also you know also altitude where there is also garbar so Everything which could go wrong was, you know, pulling you down. And I distinctly remember, I knew that, you know, aaj ka hi wherein you have to prove yourself. You know, it's like your ultra marathon, you're preparing for years and years. And the final day is the time wherein things will go wrong. But you have to tell ki, yaar, aaj nahi ho sakta. Because back at your home, your parents, your family, your friends, everybody is praying ki, yaar, aaj summit push pe ja rahe hai, or journaly, you, everybody's on the summit. So have good wishes of all those people. So, aaj nothing can go wrong. So, you start with that and things do go wrong because I remember there's this place called balcony uh, and from there you take a detour. Hmm. Ja you change the cylinder. Okay. And so, wahan... Everest pe there's a place called balcony. Yeah, they call it balcony. I mean, it's not a balcony and then they call it. Hmm. I went oxygen cylinder change and I don't threads in there because regulator. Hota. You remove the cylinder, take out the other cylinder, hmm. you fix the regulator on that. Hmm. So regulator se wo thread hi nahi Maine ka, and if the oxygen cylinder is not able to do it, yeah. then obviously you turn back. Yeah. And I realized, you know, I was so in panic. And I was, you know, not that confident. And this is in spite of the fact that base camp, you tie your face with, you know, everything, close your eyes and then practice all this. Because you know that situations will go wrong yeah. like this. Yeah. And still, you know, things were not happening. But finally it happened and... That way we climbed, climbed, climbed and by the time sunlight happened, we were on top of the summit amongst the few, first few people to reach the summit that day. And how long does one stay there? So every summit is the highest altitude you've ever been in life. Of course, you yeah. know, because that altitude is the highest place on earth. Yeah. yeah. And that is also the closest to Bhagwan. <laughs> right? Correct. So Bhagwan ke paas se metaphorically, yes, in every you way. You cannot go closer. So you don't want to spend more time there. So... Ideally, people would want to stay more time, spend time. But as a team leader, my job was to get them back safe. Then is the expedition successful. Right. Not the summit. Correct. So I was, the moment we reached, I was after my team. click photographs and turn back because till the time you reach base camp, it's not safe. Correct. Right. Anything can go wrong. Your oxygen, your equipment. So we must have stayed about five minutes or eight minutes there on the summit. Mm. And we said, you know, let's rush back. Right. That's not the place to enjoy or spend time. Mm. But that feel is, you know, you are actually on top of the world as they say it. You mm. can feel it, everything down below. And, and like you said, the sun was out and could you like see, was there a view? Yeah, so 
what happens is you can see the curvature of earth from that altitude so it's not what we see the sun here mm. you can see the earth in that shape sun wow. coming out and you can see you know as a curvature of earth sun coming out of that mm. amazing feeling but then unfortunately you cannot cherish that feeling for long because mm. you have to come back safe right. to the base camp and but that's a great feeling but that that stays with you oh of course that always and and just this is a very novice and stupid question but how big is the so once you summit matlab jo hum dekhte hain photos mein to chhota sa hi area dikh raha hota hai and the camera angles are also such that yeah, yeah. so so you is there is there a lot of flat area where you can easily stand and take pictures and yeah luckily stuff? for everest you have enough space okay. to you know accommodate enough people there mm-hmm. but then at any point of time you try to the rope right. rope chhod ke to aap kahin nikal nahi sakte that means you're dead okay. the moment you're out so you always stay to the rope so you're generally in that vertical line only you know mm-hmm. one straight line everybody is tied together and you click the photographs finish the job because once you come back you have to show that photograph as a proof right. then only get the certificate right. so the aim is to click the photographs and come back and unfortunately at those temperatures those altitudes your battery is also give away so yeah. you have to make sure you're carrying supplement batteries and keeping them warm at yeah. those altitudes yeah. and uh, was the cli- uh, climb down much of a thing was, was that very risky and adventurous or personally i would say i was closest to death once i was coming down again yeah. same thing yeah so as i was mentioning that was the busiest day a lot yeah. of people mm. so we could get over these people by overtaking once you are climbing up mm-hmm. but while climbing down you know it had to be the same route same rope and we waited for about half an hour thinking that you know these people have worked so hard let them come up but then we realized you know it was never ending people were coming one after another and we couldn't have been waiting there for yeah. you know and we were obviously using the oxygen right. at that altitude and that uh, the level was depleting once that happened we realized ki we have to go down hmm. so there happened that jostling people hmm. coming up you come going down right. and everybody at that altitude is irritated because your brain is not getting enough oxygen right, right? so these people who are coming up they have that thing called summit fever okay. for them that is the only thing which matters in life nothing else right. because they've spent so much of energy effort you know everything for being there so they were coming up we were to go down because apni to jaan pe bana rakhi thi right. and the jostling happened and all so kaise matlab ek ke baad ek logon ne pakdi hui rassi aur aap ye pakad rahe ho then you crossing a person and then holding on to again unke beech beech mein aise or how is how are you doing so what happens you carrying two safety anchors एक जैसे यहाँ पे है वन सेफ्टी एंकर इज हेयर दिस द अदर पर्सन सो वॉट यू डू इज यू टाई द सेफ्टी एंकर टू दैट पर्सन एंड देन यू टेक दिस आउट एंड टाई टू द रोप इन फ्रंट एंड दैट्स हाउ यू कीप मूविंग सो इट्स अ लेबोरियस प्रोसेस बिकॉज बार बार ये करना इट बिकम्स इरिटेटिंग यू नो मैं आप पे एंकर बांध रहा हूँ आपको ओपना चढ़ना है मैं आपको परेशान कर रहा हूँ इट्स काइंड ऑफ दैट सो दैट्स वेर हैपन्स वंस और ट्वाइस आई स्लिप्ड एंड देन वंस यू स्लिप देन आई एम पुलिंग यू डाउन एज वेल एंड देन आई एम ग्रापलिंग टू कम बैक अगेन and this is after you know that severe climb of the summit so that was challenging of course but then so when you slip it must be really scary yeah. even if it's a little bit yeah yeah but then you mm-hmm. slip and you're tied up you're tied but but still yeah yeah, yeah. and because it's treacherous mm-hmm. you don't know how deep you're going to go bahut hi neech zyada matlab those are steep places so that's that's how it happened and then the worst part was uh, after some time i realized my oxygen mask was not giving me the oxygen because either it had choked or the oxygen had we had already utilized okay. i still don't know ki kya tha Achha. and i told my sherpa he was also extremely tired by that time so he was also not in a position to help me out hmm. so uh, we realized you know aaj to yahi pe lagta hai we'll have to call it a day because oxygen if you're not getting you're dying hmm. and 
every step was becoming more and more difficult mm-hmm. on top of that you were getting slightly snow blinded because you know visibility was going bad in the ice and then we realized oxygen khatam ho raha and we had to cover a lot of distance and that's where you know again the spiritual thing before going for everest we had visited his holiness the dalai lama mm-hmm. and he had blessed us and he gave us this thread which i always wear in my in around my neck mm-hmm. so uh, this is the thread i hope it's mm-hmm. not disturbing the mic so this thread mm-hmm. uh, i was wearing it and once i was coming down i touched it and i i felt it that you know till the time this is there on my neck things will be fine and after some time one of my team members who was you know super solid he came up he asked me sir what's wrong i told him you know i think i am done with my oxygen and this guy had a spare oxygen cylinder with him because he was strong he was on a lower flow rate mm-hmm. and he gave me his oxygen and then it was a different world altogether once you start yeah. getting oxygen mm-hmm. and then we came down you know falling whatever mm-hmm. but then made it to the summit camp and things were fine again that's so amazing that that's where things changed wow yeah so i mean once you're back uh, so so you would rest at uh, camp 3 4 or 3 first or so in my case we were 14 members mm. so i was leading a team of 8 mm. i had uh, distributed the team into 6 with my deputy leader okay thinking that you know in case the weather goes wrong if i am going up then we have a second team which will make it so ye nahi hona chahiye ki army team without everest karke wapas aa gaye so even if one team fails the second team has to go up right. so once we came down i sent my 8 people 7 people back to camp 2 and i stayed at camp 4 because my second team was going up and i wanted to coordinate their move with the help of radio set so that you know in case anything goes wrong mm. we can go for rescue and manage the team wow. over there so that's why the team went back to camp 2 and i stayed waited for my next team to come after the summit at camp 4 and then we move forward back to camp 2 wow. the next day leaders life so <laughs> you don't have an option <laughs> once in army yeah that's amazing i mean mad respect mad respect for <laughs> no. everything Thanks. that that you do and the armed forces and all the forces that do for us yeah crazy what a ride i mean i've really enjoyed this it's, it's been like uh, it's be- it's been better for me than than watching the movie everest thank you that's great wonderful sir and uh, so we haven't talked about your uh, running journey at all but but uh, b- before that uh, tell me what did the family feel like about you climbing the everest what were the people's reactions what were your uh, uh, colleagues reactions uh, parents family everybody see for the family uh, the importance was that i was back mm-hmm. you know rather than for them summit and all it doesn't matter right. for them it's only ki beta wapas aa gaya mm-hmm. husband wapas aa gaya kids are there so that obviously very euphoric there was a huge yeah. number of people friends family and office people who had come to receive at the airport and that feeling was different you know mm-hmm. making charts and all so mm-hmm. you could sense it mm-hmm. once you were there so that was a great feeling Uh, my parents obviously uh, feel proud of you know all these things because considering that nobody in the army mm-hmm. adventure and all we were nowhere related at all ever so right. it was a big thing and uh, i'm glad that they supported me after that as well mm-hmm. knowing that you know once you have done everest mm-hmm. you have developed that confidence that other climbs and other things i could do my part well so right. that's been a great journey same from the friends and all lot of support and your friends and all are also happy that you know you've achieved something you've led the team uh, with success mm-hmm. so great support and great feeling obviously and uh, so once once this was uh, done, do you now plan to go back up there or any other 8000 meters see since we are recording i'll keep yeah. my answer reserved because never know who who from yeah. my family is watching it okay. so i'll keep that reserved but yeah if we have a team we'll surely support we have already been mentoring lot of people for bigger climbs 
this year one of our my students who is also from the army mm-hmm. he went in and did everest and lotse with us Okay. So we have already a lot of people who are at different levels of preparation hmm. for the final summit to Everest or for other big mountains. So yeah, we feel proud that we are able to contribute in their dreams coming hmm. true. Okay. And so this naturally leads us to boots and crampons, your entrepreneurial journey. That's another Everest to climb, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> at times, more difficult. Yeah. So what's that been like? Did you always want to wanted to like start your own thing, or did that come along? How did boots and crampons happen? So what happened was uh, I was 2019 leading the Everest, mm-hmm. and there I met this guy Bharat. Mm-hmm. So Bharat is my partner in boots and crampons. So he started the company in 2017. Okay. So he was leading a team on Mount Lotse, and both the Everest and Lotse have the same base camp. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time together, and the mindset we found in each other was very much akin to you know what we wanted to do in life, mm-hmm. the thought process of how to. make mountaineering big and accessible to people in india mm. and proper guidance and also we were in sync as regards our mindset was concerned so after everest i realized you know with the kind of seniority i had in service 22 years i won't go back to you know the field kind of a work i would mostly be in the headquarters planning and strategy kind of a roles which somehow i couldn't relate because i was mentioning there was no fitness always on computers that thing and i realize you know i might not be able to do justice on what i want in my life mm. so that's when me and bharat we decided that you know we'll do it together and that's where i got into the my company as a partner and since then we've been you know madlessly climbing one mountain or, or the other so on a monthly basis we are climbing two summits every month mm-hmm. and it's been a extremely rewarding journey as regards doing it but then startup journey is obviously with own kind of challenges but the physical part and the challenge of climbing peaks with team and that's a different challenge altogether okay and and what does woodson so tell people for who are not familiar with it what do you guys organize and and who is it for and and you also mentioned somewhere i think in one of your interviews you empowering people to access outdoors and and Correct. climbing scene but tell us a little bit more about that so it started with bharat so his case he didn't have any guidance once he was going for the everest so a lot of you know problems were there as regards whom to approach what should be the next step what should be the road map if somebody wants to get into climbing so we thought we'll get over this drawback by having a company called boots and crampons so initial thing once we were there in 2020 was that you know we'll have focus on only big climbs in india wherein you require boots by boots we mean the climbing boots and we mean crampons crampons are the ones which we tie on the boots right. for using in nice right so those are serious kind of climbs right unfortunately we didn't have as many people going for serious climbs once we were you know into this field so we thought we'll get into smaller climbs hmm. and handhold people to bigger climbs as part of you know their plans for climbing serious mountains so realize the climbing culture needs to be built up a little more before people Correct. are ready for the bigger climbs yeah So unfortunately in foreign countries there are a lot of people who are into very serious climbs you know they take a lot of time mm-hmm. preparation training and step by step they go forward yeah. in india that culture was lacking way back once we started mm-hmm. and our aim has been to you know anybody who wants to get into outdoors trekking mountaineering and all they shouldn't be found wanting mm-hmm. for information or for guidance mm-hmm. and that was the basis we thought that you know uh, it's like running you know we realize the importance of mountaineering and we want our families our friends 
and the community as such to get into these kind of things. If you like it, you continue running yeah. or climbing. If you don't like it, there's so many other things. Keep trying, but then give it a try. Right. So that, that's yeah. where we come into play. Interesting. And I think you're also doing some interesting runs as well, like the Indrahar run, which yeah. is sort of a hybrid between a climb and a run. Absolutely. Yeah. So the thing is, you know, running, we cannot take away from a runner. Right. It stays with you always. Yeah. So what I realized what like me who started with running got into mountaineering there'll be other people too that who are looking for certain aspects of you know different kind of a challenge. So we came up with a thing called summit run. So all our runs have got one summit they have to reach. Okay. So generally let's say Indrahar you mentioned it's a four day trek in McLeodganj area in Himachal once somebody wants to do. Right. So in case somebody wants to run up there or take it to the next level, we make it a 20 hour run. Okay. So four days comp compressed into 16 or 20, 20 hours of run. Mm -hmm. You start from McLeod Gunge, you climb up, there are four levels, level one, two, three. Fourth level is the top of Indras. You climb up, there's a checkpoint, you come down and then you finish the run. More often than not, people are not able to finish it because it's that gruesome. Right. Uh, there've been people who've been shouting on us, not being mm -hmm. happy, but then that's where the difficulty comes, you know. Otherwise, if you want to run in cities, then no dearth of it. Yeah. But then if you want to challenge yourself in those places wherein, you know, it's difficult even to complete in four days, then you do something like this crazy run. In fact, one of our teams is meeting at the Uttarakhand Tourism Department uh, day after. They've gone for Reiki and they're meeting the teams there. We are working with the government to develop certain other properties in that area in Uttarakhand for such kind of runs to happen. Amazing. And like uh, Indrahar specifically, what is the distance and what is the elevation? So elevation for Indrahar pass comes... Altitude isn't much of a challenge. Altitude is a challenge, challenge so for sure. For in, in Indrahar? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. So uh, that's why it takes three days, you know, mm. because the oxygen levels are less and the uh, terrain, uh, terrain is also technical. You know, mm. last patch is very steep and uh, rocky. So that's why it's got to be very safe and that's why we have a criteria that not everyone can participate. Okay. You need to have a good experience. So what's the distance like? So it's 30 kilometers. 30? Yeah. And was it uh, climb? So you start from 2500 odd meters which is McLeodganj. I'm not too sure. Mm. But then the summit is 4250 meters. Okay. And last level 4 is the steep, steepest. Okay. So that's where most of the challenge happens. Right. Interesting. I'd love to do it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. sure. Wonderful, sir. We haven't talked about your running. You're an ultra distance runner as well. And you you completed uh, La Ultra Triple One, in fact, with a course record for a non-Ladakhi category. Uh, and in the stadium, you've done stadium runs as well. Yeah. So you've done only one 24-hour stadium run? Yeah, I've done only one. Uh, which uh, In which you ran 185 kilometers. Yeah, right. That was the run uh, we met uh, exactly. as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I was crewing for a few people there. And yes. yeah, we saw you in the stadium killing it. Did you win the podium? Yeah, I was first runner-up, yes. First runner-up. Who was the... First was Monty, I think. Oh, Pranav Monty. Got it. So, yeah, in that one, I think it was the first time an Indian had crossed 200. Uh, ah, correct. Mark. Absolutely. Right. It was that run. Okay. Yeah. So, what is it like? What do you enjoy about making your body suffer in circles for, for 24 hours? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in events like this, you've been a runner. So, the f moment you start realizing that what shit you're doing, that means you have achieve the purpose, you know, because this thing has to hit you that, you know, this is nonsense what you're doing, mm. be it ultra marathon or mountains, the same way we were discussing earlier. Mm. So same thing happened in La Ultra. After a few hours of running, I was thinking, why do you need to do it? You know, so once you start questioning these things in your mind, that means you've achieved mm. what you had come for. So mm. 
so same thing happened with stadium run after running for that loop time and again you start questioning that why do you need to do it there are other things which can be done yeah. so and, and quitting is just so easy right you can just walk out exactly it's not like you're stranded without oxygen or have any chance of dying or anything nobody will say anything you just walk out and you still don't yeah. so what's that mindset like so that mindset again i think comes from the army that quitting obviously doesn't come into play uh you try and push yourself but, but i mean uh, so what i wanted to know is th- there are definitely moments during run everybody's run i'm sure in, in fact every adventure so when in running that point comes where you feel that you know your body's hurting and and maybe this is not the best day and maybe you yeah. should quit today what do you what do you tell yourself then how do you overcome that see once these things come have you quit anything ever i don't think so no it's just that i've turned back while climbing mountains hmm. but then it's safety has yeah safety once we realize you know it's suicidal mm. then obviously you'll not do it mm. because again the teams were involved and the stakes were not that high mm. we were climbing in uttarakhand so that time we turned back but then otherwise event wise no because time and again it has happened the way you were saying you know that there will be inner voices we will say you know you can turn back or stop it but then i don't pay much attention to it because i know i am not serious once i am thinking this because that's with that mindset i'll not be able to continue it further in life so considering the army training i'll give you an example the first time it hit me i was in hyderabad preparing for marathons and all and then I, somebody told me the main guy in hyderabad runners is a guy called rajesh vecha so rajesh told me once for the first time he he was the one who sowed the seed saying that you should go for boston marathon mm-hmm. the moment he told me i was clocking 422 that that year right. in a marathon i said how the hell do you even think Three hours, seven yeah. minutes or ten minutes was the yeah for, for that time Vicky. I was I did four twenty two and my cutoff was three ten mm-hmm. so that's what I thought so it happened that I was running running uh, and for my first marathon after four twenty two was three thirty and then next year I went again thinking that I'll do three ten but I did three twenty eight okay and I was like यार क्या हो जाए three twenty eight तो मैंने कहा there's no way I'll make it and then i prepared really hard i had one guy who was coaching me he was absolutely fantastic and next year i went and i thought this year i have to kill it but then in hindsight you know ki 328 se 310 lana is not easy mm. and so i was on pedder road and then i realized ki ek cramp aa raha hai pedder road uh, mumbai TN. mumbai mumbai 36 37 that was the only qualifier in those times 2016 mein pedder road mein mere ko cramp aa raha hai and by that time during the run i met few of the army jawans they were you know super fit and i got into that pace and we got into that rhythm he will go together pedder road mein cramp aaya and i thought ki yaar aaj hai kuch bhi hai cramp i'll not take it kuch bhi i'll just ignore it so that ignore wala thing was the first thing it happened with me ki cramp aaya i said you know i'll cut that signal coming to my brain ki something like this happening i have to do it and that's how i finished the you know could manage to finish in that BQ time in mm. Mumbai, so that thing always carried forward. कि बाद में भी कभी ऐसा situation आए ना stadium run कि quit करना है, so I negated it, thinking that you know it's just a passing phase. I'll not think about it because in the end I'll not do it. I'll not quit. If even if I come last or whatever, that's okay. And you mentioned in the, uh, earlier that you were a terrible terrible runner when you started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's hard to believe. Like, but how did you improve then? So all my coachmates in the NDA who were there way back in '94 once I joined, mm-hmm. they really curse me. That because of me the squadron lost the points. Because however hard I may try, I'll never give them that competitive edge to compete with the other teams. 
and I was always pulling them down. But just that I kept on continuing running once everybody else gave up because of you know postings in certain areas they couldn't continue, and I still and my aim was that I was enjoying the runs, you know, not pushing myself too much during the base phase of my army life, you know. अब अगर करना है तो करना है दैट थिंग वॉज देर कि इधर यू क्राइट और यू डू इट इन एनी केस यू हैव टू डू इट सो यू नो आई वॉज कंटिन्यूइंग रिलीजियसली एंड दैट गिव मी अ गुड बेस सो वंस आई रीच हैदराबाद दैट आई कुड टेक ऑफ वेल आफ्टर दैट सो वंस एवरीबडी स्टॉप दैट कंसिस्टेंटली कंसिस्टेंसी हेल्प in taking it forward okay and when you mentioned going from 330 to 328 and then you had the target of 310 and you said you trained really hard during that time but just broad broad strokes what was the training like did you do intervals and stuff your your friend who helped you training yeah so how did you raise your game from let's say 330 to and in fact how did you go from 422 to to 330 that was easy i'll tell you why because 422 was not my normal thing okay why it happened was I had not done any event by that time. Yeah. You know, I was only training the army and that stuff, and so you didn't know how to pace yourself well for for, for a marathon. Not exactly because how it happened was I registered for my first event, mm-hmm. thinking that I have registered for a half marathon. Okay. And the morning of the run, I reached, and then I realized that my the bib's color is different. And then somebody, the organizers, told me that yours is a full, mm-hmm. and I told them that you know, give me another bib. What difference does it make? So many bibs. It was my first event. I had no clue. Mm. Army, mein I was running. So they said, "No, no, you'll have to run a full only." Mm. So I thought I'll run a half. After that, they said, "I didn't know that half. After that, it's not the same. It'll take. You know, it'll be effort. It'll be more." You thought double will happen. Yeah, I thought that it will happen. And that's where I, I would have otherwise finished earlier. But then 4:22 happened because after half was the real game. It started. Okay. So that's why that you hadn't trained for a marathon. Correct. And then so 3:30. So 3:30 to 3:10 was tougher, right? Yeah, it was. It took and me two years. Took you two years. Yeah. Uh, of structured training under the guidance of a coach proper coach yeah okay wonderful sir it's beautiful to have these conversations tell me one uh, a lesson that you wish you had learned earlier in life yeah that's an interesting one so as i was mentioning i was a very very underperforming guy you know mm-hmm. and uh, it's difficult to believe now at 34 it stuck me somehow it stuck me sometime that you know my life is not heading anywhere and this is not the way i would have loved my life once i turned 60 कि साठ साल के हो गए लाइफ में क्या किया कुछ नहीं किया तो दैट स्टक मी थर्टी फोर एंड दैट्स वेयर द टर्निंग पॉइंट हैपेंड सो आई वाज थर्ड डिवीजन इन ग्रेजुएशन एंड देन आई थॉट आई प्रिपेयर फॉर आईआईटी फॉर माय मास्टर्स इट वाज अ डिस्टेंट ड्रीम फॉर अ थर्ड डिवीजन गाय फॉर गेटिंग इन टू यू नो सो आई प्रिपेयर हार्ड एंड आई समहाउ इट इट एंड वंस आई मैनेज टू गेट इन टू आई आई रियलाइज की यार ऐसे कैसे हो गया कि मतलब How how did I manage? In an interview, you said your your life you you remember your life before IIT yeah. and after IIT. So why do you say that? Same thing. Hmm. Because after IIT, I realized that if I work hard enough, then how much I can do, he can achieve it. So that confidence I got. And before that, I used to think I am working hard, but that hard was nowhere close to you know what actually is desired. If you want to do something big, and if you want to achieve your dreams, so then that was a turning point in life. And then. आई रियलाइज क्यों नो जब पढ़ाई करके थर्ड डिवीजन से फर्स्ट डिवीजन आ सकते हैं पुअर रनर हुबल इन क्रॉस कट इन एनडीए कैन यू नो ट्राई एंड मेक इट टू बॉस्टन मैराथन एज वेल दैट्स वो जब हुआ तो यू स्टार्टेड गेटिंग रिजल्ट बेस्ड ऑन यू नो योर हार्ड वर्क वंस यू स्टार्ट गेटिंग रिजल्ट देन यू गेट मोर मोटिवेशन बिकॉज नाउ यू टेस्टेड सक्सेस सो दैट्स वेयर बॉस्टन हैपन 
then that's where triathlons happened that's yeah. where ultra you know marathons happened yeah. so that's where the difference happened so let's talk to the romil of 34 right when when this transformation really happened somebody who's at the same life stage who's let's say tried feeling like they've been trying very hard in life yeah. and not getting anywhere when you had this realization that you have to work whatever you were thinking was hard work yeah. was not good enough but what advice would you have for somebody who's at that stage right now that's a very interesting one <laughs> let me think so you know for someone like this first and foremost is i was working hard earlier as well it's just that the direction was not clear i was working hard in 10 different things and after i decided that you know i have to prepare hard for iit i was very much focused there to the extent that uh, there was a time wherein my family said that okay we'll go back to delhi you prepare well on your own and get into it because they realized that you know the stakes were high on mm. my personal front mm. he i wanted my self doubts not to stop me from what i want to achieve in life mm. so there was a time wherein i had a newborn she was there with my wife in delhi and i was preparing day in day out for getting that entrance because for a third division guy getting over mentally mm. as well as you know academically into a iit was a really challenging part so yeah. that confidence i had to do by all my hard work and in the right direction and also at that age like getting back to studies in yeah. your 30s isn't it was not easy. easy yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. wonderful sir uh, what's one advice that you were given in life and you wish you hadn't followed is there they, yeah there been instances wherein you know like my uh, national defense academy days lot of my friends uh, they used to tell me that you know let's have a very cool life pass out with the rest of the batch rather than trying anything you know it's like not volunteering for anything mm. and having a you know I passenger know kind of a life ha. yeah mm. ki passenger ban ke nikal jao that is good mm. i wish i had not heard to that mm. and would have you know strived to work hard and be an you know volunteer or taking uh, what do you say again that like for what i did for everest mm. you know had i not volunteered for it i wouldn't have got it and maximum would have happened fail ho jate kya hota hai hota but then initially my mindset till the time iris 34 was like a passenger in aram se zindagi chal rahi hai let's it let it happen mm. but then once you start getting out of a comfort zone that's where the difference happens right so your life has entirely been around getting out of your comfort zone and doing hard things throughout your career as well as as even in studies right so how what is it about doing hard things that changes a person's character or whatever why do you in fact your business also is around that you you asking people to come out of their homes and do something challenging what is it about cha- doing hard things that uh, see it's very relative mm. you know hard things for you may be different from hard things for me right. or for someone else sure. like for me hard thing now is sitting in front of a laptop for 12 hours a day Mm. which is very common for a software guy mm. like in our case you know in bnc the people who climb with us we get this band it says mm. my why which is what's your purpose in life mm. you know and this we give once people are going for the summit push because that night everyone they'll question themselves yaar kahan marne aa gaye type and that's where if they reflect on this then their purpose will be clear if your purpose is clear in life like i tell this example to lot of people that once we do an everest base camp we see lot of sherpas carrying heavy loads so so ke log utha ke chal rahe hain difficult terrain yeah. initially used to feel bad for them ki yaar kya difficult life hai ye wo mm. later on i realized you know these people must be thinking ki hamari kya difficult life hai ki adventure ke liye hum aisi jagah aa rahe hain pahad chadne ke liye so you know once your purpose is clear you start enjoying your your climbs your mountains your ultra marathons then it's not a hardship 
इट्स फन फॉर अस हार्डशिप इज की सुबह से शाम तक लैपटॉप में बैठे हुए एट द एंड ऑफ द डे उसको यू नो सिंटैक्स एरर उसका निकालने वाले और सम बिकम्सिंगलीकम्स easier yeah. where it becomes like we've experienced this in running right yeah, yeah, get to get to those course. stages where it's hard to take one more step and then you get you you don't give up there and yeah. then a stage comes where you enjoy running again as if some magic has happened right absolutely uh, similarly with making changes a new comfort zone gets built somewhere else yeah. but then that can also bring about your downfall later because you have to keep reinventing moving. yourself keep yeah, moving yeah. ahead and keep doing harder things that's what you've been doing throughout absolutely great sir what a pleasure this has been i uh, want to end this with uh, some advice for our audience who will be taking on 2024 so people who are on the verge of uh, who, who are feeling stuck in life and not happy with with the way things are the fitness and everything what what would be your advice how can they ch- go about changing their life in in 2024 it's a difficult one because i will say as i always mention i've been lucky in life you know i've got what i wanted so it might not be applicable to all the people and that's why it's for easier for me to say that mm. i feel difficult to understand when people don't follow what their passion is because it's a difficult life a different life altogether in my life i've never seen or have felt that i've worked anywhere mm-hmm. army is not a work at all you know it's a it's a purpose driven thing you know you have responsibility of the people you are doing something for the nation you're doing something for yourself it's a growth always in boots and crampons again it's never a work you know as commonly people say that in uh, startup you know earlier you used to work 9 to 5 you're working you know 9 to 9 or 24 hours a day in a startup but then it's never work for us because that's what we wanted to do it's all coming from inside if it's not coming from inside everybody knows ki ek din marna hi hai you know if you have to die somewhere might as well do what you want in life man what are you waiting for that some magic will happen that after 3 years you will quit your job and then you will follow your passion i am sure everybody knows in their hearts of heart that won't happen yeah so if you do something which is coming from inside hmm. then first of all it will be very very rewarding initially i don't know how the uh, but before rewarding it will probably be painful once you pursue that uh, you know maybe quit your job and and try and follow that so so there will be a period where you to where you to weather the storm a little bit um age is in the year <laughs> you have to weather the storm man in any case i mean yeah. if your yeah. 9 to 5 corporate job is giving you that happiness go ahead and do it but then if you feel that you know you want something yeah. which is not giving you happiness and there's something else which is giving you happiness you cannot wait ki agle janm mein main ye follow karunga as i said for me things have been falling in place so it's easier for me to say but it's your own judgment and in the end life is all about decisions you know mm. you have to compromise somewhere and then make it happen so you have to weigh the options for me it's been that it has worked for me till now so i can say it mm. but then it's that's why i'm saying it's difficult for me to understand people doing what they're not passionate about knowing that you know they are here only for a certain time might as well do something which you enjoy doing mm. compromise on some aspects where you can mm. maybe some money aspect or something mm. but then that's why i think i'll yeah. be biased based on my life 
Yeah, no, I think that that's a wallpaper that I want to have in my... I'm building an office, like a small studio sort of a thing in my house. And a wallpaper I want to have is, uh, you and everybody you know will be dead soon. So what the F are you waiting for? Absolutely. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. So this is great, sir. But but you, you also come across somebody who's so... Uh, who has such great humility and you're always thankful for what you have in all the interviews that I've seen of you. And even right now you're saying things have fallen in place for me, so I can say it. But but it hasn't always been like that, right? You, you've had hard times. It's just that your attitude seems to be that of a grateful person. So I'm just wondering whether, which comes first, whether great, great things come to you first and then you become, then you become, you know, a grateful person or is it because you're a grateful person that good things happen to no, you? No, no, I'll not comment on that because <laughs> I can't say much on that. But yeah, I'll, I've always felt that destiny is something, mm. you know, if you follow, you things, you do your things right. Mm. Don't do anything which you know is wrong. So, things will fall in place, you know. And as I say, you know, luck, destiny, you have to take Do your work with full sincerity. Things will fall in place. At least they've done as far as I'm concerned. So let's end this with, with one last question about... So you, you mentioned destiny, belief quite a bit. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Like what's your... Are you religious? No, I'm not. No, you're no. not. Okay. Do you believe in God? I believe in some power which is, you know, the way I was mentioning about the thread which I wear. Mm -hmm. And I feel, you know, I firmly believe that this was one reason or an anchor which helped me in that time once I was getting around from the Everest. And I'm alive because of this, because of my belief that, you know, if I'm wearing something which is given by His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, mm. then things will be fine. There have been many such instances later on in life mm -hmm. and I've always felt it and I've got the power that, you know, I'm not saying it's to do with some religious or some someone to follow, but then that anchor has helped me staying grounded. And what's what's destiny? Destiny is something which will, it's not that you don't do anything and then it's but results mm. which obviously won't happen so do your work with 100% sincerity don't compromise don't be too lenient on yourself mm. be very harsh wherever possible work as hard as possible you'll have to compromise on some aspects I'll say the way I've compromised on you know family life or peace of mind for my family mm. but then in the end if you want something you'll have to make certain compromises and that's what life is and that's where the destiny has led me to Thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Vipin. It's Thank been you. a great learning being here and more of an introspection journey on Thank life. You, Thanks. Sir. Thanks. Thanks.